Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Zero bonus episode number 23, surprise, BD here, and I'm very, very excited to say I know our Loki coverage and all that was supposed to wrap up with that season two bonus episode number six that we recorded and broadcast live to a record number of viewers on Thursday night right after it aired, but we have one more for you. We got a really cool opportunity, and I thought it would be fun to share it in podcast form. We got to talk with executive producer of Loki, Kevin Wright. We got to talk with directors of Loki Season 2, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. A couple of awesome guys, clearly very talented. They did Moon Knight Season 1. They directed Season 2 episodes of Loki, which was Episodes 1, 4, 5, and 6. And they will also be directing Daredevil Born Again. So you better believe we asked them about that. So a couple of things you can look forward to in these interviews is we kind of dissect the ending of Loki Season 2. We talk about a couple of things that we saw along the way. We talk about possibly alternate endings. Uh, things that didn't make the cut. We talk about, uh, you know, things to look forward to down the line, theoretically, because, you know, they don't like to give us too much quite yet without us having seen it, and plans are always changing. And I also asked both Kevin and the directors uh, if they have any interest in being a part of Avengers Secret Wars as producers or directors, and their answers are kind of interesting. I feel like, you know, they got a little bit shy on that one, so then my tinfoil hat gets tight, and I'm like, hold on, are you confirmed? But I also asked about Daredevil, of course, and uh, there's some fun stuff in there. So I hope you will enjoy this. The way we're going to do this is the first interview will be executive producer Kevin Wright. It's about 10 minutes long. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's full of insights. And then we're going to take a quick break. After that, we'll come back, and it'll be the directors of Loki Season 2, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. So without further ado, quick little break here on Phase Zero. And then when it comes back from the break, you are going to hear from executive producer Kevin Wright. I want to thank everybody first for taking this ride with us on Loki Season 2. There's a reason we're releasing this as a bonus episode. There's a reason why we get to talk to these people and bring their perspective and their insights to the audience. It's because you guys listen to our show and support. It's a huge thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube. Huge thank you to everybody who has listened to our podcasts in audio form. We have hit record numbers for the year, week after week, six weeks in a row. And that was only boosted by the fact that the Marvels also released, and we have a bonus episode for that out there right now. So I know I said without further ado, and then I had a lot more ado, now, no more further ado and do. I, I just listen to the interviews and have fun, everybody. Thank you so much. See you in a minute. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. As a feel to be the executive producer on Marvel's best Disney Plus show, this was incredible. I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm it, like incredibly proud of this show. It is awesome. Uh, the reception has been awesome. I have to start at the end with you, Loki. He's become the new He Who Remains in a sense. He built the world tree. Uh, I would love to hear you elaborate kind of behind the scenes when you guys were developing this. How would you explain what happened, how this show culminated uh, with Loki kind of getting his new throne at the Citadel? I'm I'm gonna cop out and I'm gonna say well I'll say this I I'm there's nothing to explain about what happens in that ending it's all there on screen is my answer to that I think I think we worked incredibly hard to find a way to deliver a final ten minutes of this story that is without dialogue and is just images and music and like a pure cinematic experience to sell the completion of that. And I think that that the, what I would say collaboratively for a team, it was just a thing that we all had to agree on early and walk down that path. And it's like you you can't uh, back out once you go down that path because it's it goes into a huge fantastical VFX world, and you just mm -hmm. have to agree what that's going to be to give it the best chance of looking amazing. Oh yeah, you have to fully commit. And you guys, did you think there's a chance we ever see something like this on a big screen? Like, or this episode, like these episodes specifically, I mean. I, I look, I would love it. And I'll, I'll say this, that we, um, obviously the sound mixing is different for a TV, for streaming versus theatrical. Uh, <laughs> we, we did do a theatrical mix of the finale. And that was always, who knows? I, I think that's something that, that we had talked about with, with Disney, uh, depending on when the strikes ended and, and, uh, getting everybody together. I, I depending on how people react to this finale, uh, we've got a version that could be. Hey man, uh, I, I'd be there. We I'd did our there. job. We did that part. Whether it gets <laughs> hey, there, I appreciate there. that. Uh, one thing I really appreciated was seeing Kang use his ability to pause time. We kind of saw that in the season one finale, I believe, but it was represented very differently because it looked like he was teleporting. But that's a that's a power he has that we've seen in various mediums. And now we really see it used uh, to pause Sylvie and allow Loki to continue moving. I would love to hear about bringing that element of he who remains uh, and his abilities into play. And how, like, was there any technical challenges in bringing that to life? Um, tech Technically, no. I mean, there's always just the, the figuring out how you're going to nail that on set and how you're going to shoot it. But again, it's like we had Chris Townsend there, Isaac Bauman, our DP is amazing. Justin and Aaron are just kind of wizards on set. I think the biggest thing about that entire scene was we, uh, the biggest fear in script was it, it can't just feel like a retread of season one. 
And so it was about finding a way to make these two characters be able to be back in that moment, but for the conversation to evolve and feel like you have progressed past what they were discussing specifically in season one. And I think part of that was uh, you had to see what He Who Remains could do. And then the flip of that, that Loki uh, is also on that level as well. And it then lets the two of them have a conversation that Loki maybe wasn't ready to have in season one. Oh man, that, that, that power is terrifying too. I can't, oh, great job on this finale. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this, this finale, it does clearly continue to set up Kang as a major threat going forward for the rest of the multiverse saga. And I'm sure you've seen reports that maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe might pivot towards Dr. Doom or away from Kang. Uh, I, I just love to hear if you can talk about any of that and what the, what the plans might be going forward and if that affected the Loki finale at all. I, I no nothing none none nothing affected our finale. I think I said elsewhere earlier, like um, when the show was first coming out, like the story that is on screen is the one that we set out to make, um, remarkably so. Like there was no no one was coming down telling us we had to connect or set up anything for the future. It was sort of like finish our story that we started. Um, as far as where it's all going, I, I can't say I, I'm not and not because I, I'm being coy like I, I we're not a part of those projects. What I would say is, I mean, I know uh, Michael Waldron is working on them and he loves obviously this world as he helped create it. Um, and and no, I mean, like the threat that we establish at the end of this is multiversal war will come. Sylvie is just saying, let us have a let us have a chance. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that people continue to run with that because I would love to see what that what that story is. Absolutely, man. Speaking of Sylvie, uh, the se season one of Loki was very an element of season one was Loki and Sylvie's relationship becoming romantic in a sense. And I feel like we kind of stepped away from that, but they still had a strong bond. I love to hear about why that was less of a focus in season two. And we kind of explored his relationships with other characters this time around. I, I don't and I don't think look I think ultimately the stakes were so high it's hard it's hard to slow down and have like smoochy smooch romantic time together uh, but everything that's happening is because they do deeply care about each other like it is a thing of they essentially broke up at the end of season one and then you run into your ex again and like like they're constantly at odds and I think the tensions and stress is so high because they care about each other. And and I think that that through line from season one is Sylvie saying like, why aren't we seeing this the same way? And that ripples just, it turns, that ripple at the start there just turns into like a tidal wave this season because it all comes down to that. It's two people who deeply care about each other, um, not being able to get on the same page. Yeah. And Loki would only do what he does at the end because he cares about her, because he cares about Mobius more than anyone he's ever cared about. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's about uh, pulling back on anything. I think it's just now, I think it would feel forced and unnatural to slow down and give them like romantic time together. Yeah. You get to do that on Lamentus because they're stuck on a train. <laughs> like that's true. That's together, true. And those we things didn't have that this naturally. Yeah, they never didn't. get a chance to mm -hmm. stop down this season. Yeah, we don't we don't really have that slow, you know, it's, we're just spending time like just taking up space. This is moving, moving, moving. This is yeah. unbelievable. Uh, you, uh, I mean, speaking of characters Loki cares about, 
there's been, you know, that we heard the goal was Loki and Thor reuniting at Marvel Studios. That's kind of one thing they want to see. This is a very different Loki than we've seen interact with Thor at any point because he just left the Battle of New York and now has gone on a completely different arc. We didn't get Thor Ragnarok in Dark World, even though he experienced it. What would that reunion be like now with this Loki who has his own throne and has a glorious purpose? I mean, that's why I I, I kind of said that early on. That would always be my hope is that somewhere, Uh somewhere down the line, somebody gets to tell that story because he is so different and because Thor is so different now, too. I think that's what makes it interesting is, um, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, I just think they would have it would be they're weirdly different but i think there would just be a deep internal understanding between the two of them and i think it could be just something really beautiful and cool and who knows maybe that gets 616 a little bit of favor from the god of time now because his brother's out there if, if he needs to protect one timeline uh this this felt in a lot of ways like a series finale and of course it's titled glorious purpose that's the same title as the season one premiere that's a bit of the ouroboros prophecy snake eating its own tail coming full circle is this the end of Loki as a series? Do you think there's any chance at season three? Do you have any idea what's next that you could speak about? I, I um I will say this. I said it and I know Eric Martin kind of repeated it. We did treat this like a closing of the book. Season one, one chapter, season two, another chapter. I, and that was kind of a challenge from Owen after season one. He's like, nobody ever has the courage to close the book. Just like, let's close the book. Let's finish the story. And it felt right. I would say this. I love this world. I love these characters. Um, I would love to continue telling stories with Sylvie and the TVA. Obviously, I would love to tell more Loki stories if if that becomes a possibility right now. I don't see how it is with what he's with what he's doing. Um, but more so, I would love to continue to work with this team that made these two seasons of this show. And and I wonder if that's something that unless instead of it being a Loki season three, I, I would love to find a way of like, if this was our breaking bad, what's our better call Saul? It feels like Kevin Wright, executive producing Avengers Secret Wars, directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, is written on the wall. But we'll see. We'll see. I think I well, I think those seats are taken. But I look if somebody came to me, I would would love to. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, honestly, congratulations. This this season of Loki was phenomenal, start to finish. You guys absolutely knocked it out of the park, and I can't wait to see what you cook up next over there at Marvel. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back to Phase Zero Bonus episode number 23. That was our interview with Loki executive producer Kevin Wright. Now it's time to hear from directors Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. There's lots of stuff chopped up about these interviews already on comicbook.com slash Marvel in editorial form. We'll be tweeting them out uh, from the Phase Zero account on Twitter. Some of these clips you might find on the comic book Instagram. Huge thanks to everybody who engages with them, shares their thoughts. Huge thanks to Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead for giving us the time to do this interview with them. I think you're going to really enjoy this one. I look forward to everybody's thoughts on whether or not they played it a little too coy on Secret Wars. Are they the guys? Are they those guys already? Maybe. But also, I tried to get some Daredevil stuff with them, and they were cool about it. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, and uh, we will be back on Wednesday with our regularly scheduled Phase Zero episodes. And then we have another bonus episode coming up that uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, it's been announced, but it's an exciting one, and I can't wait to share it. So stay tuned to Phase Zero, because even though Loki's over, and the Marvels is out, and there's only What If remaining this year, and then Echo, and then only one MCU movie coming next year, which we're going to talk about on Wednesday's show... There's still a lot to talk about for us, and we're having a good time with it. So enjoy the interview, and I'll see you later on, guys. Aaron, Justin, you two just dropped the best Disney Plus show. I mean, how are you feeling? Thank oh, you. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> nice TV shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought it would be fitting for today. Uh, thank <laughs> you for the excellent season of Loki. Congratulations. Um, I, I, I think I got to see the first four episodes early. And they ended on that insane cliffhanger. And now finally having filled in five and six, much like season one, it kind of takes a turn and goes like in this crazy new direction for the final couple episodes and has a really satisfying finish. I would love to hear, I know it's such a constant collaboration. Things are always changing. How did you guys land on this ending? And was there ever another plan in place that you guys almost went in an entirely different direction? Well, that's a very good question. Why is that a good question, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, um, it's because we 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 realized is I think it was when they pitched the ending to us is when we were hooked. Yeah. Um, we you know they brought us into a room to to discuss if, if we were going to do season two, and uh, and th there was a lot said and it was all super interesting. There's beautiful artwork that they've been working on on the on the wall, and uh, um, and then they they told us the ending, and uh, and it was this this it wasn't a a victory it was a it was a bittersweet tragedy in a way and yet everybody still gets exactly what they deserve and what and what we kind of want and it's gonna it's gonna gut wrench us without it being depressing it's gonna it's gonna just feel like everyone grew up and uh that was extremely exciting to us so um i'm sure there were earlier iterations as everyone was figuring it out uh but uh but when we were on board that was that was our earliest hook I mean, what a what a finish! It was it was awesome. And in this finale, you got to kind of introduce the MCU to Kang variant, he who remains, and his ability to pause time and make people freeze in time, which is something I've seen in comics, I've seen in animation. We saw it in the season one finale, but in a different way, from like the unpaused version. It looked like he was teleporting. I love to hear about bringing that to life, and if there were any technical challenges of kind of having Sylvie be frozen there while Tom and Jonathan were moving around her. What's <laughs> funny is is that you know. Obviously, there's some VFX help there, but I remember watching the rough cuts and just being like, well, Sophia, she's like, you almost didn't have to. She's actually, she's <laughs> so good at being stuck. She's good at everything. Yeah, yeah. But she was so good at playing Frozen. It's like yeah. mind-blowing. And then there's some poor yeah. artist that Framestore who just rotoscoped her for yeah. 20 million hours to make her totally freeze. But yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, the, the VFX supervisor, Chris Townsend, made it super seamless. Mm -hmm. So we could just shoot it kind of like how you think. She froze as best she could. And then when she disappeared, she ran off set. You know, we continued the scene. <laughs> that kind of, actually, can I talk to you about Tom's time slipping? 
um, because every time he time slipped, he had to like time slip 20 different ways every single time he did it in and out. And Tom always committed 8 billion percent. And it was also really funny because we're doing it. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> and we're doing a scene and he had to time slip out, but the scene continued. He would go, he would go, yeah, and then he'd freeze and then he scampered as fast as he could to the sidelines. And it was so fun. <laughs> Release the time slipping cut. Put that on the 4K steelbook when it drops in like three (laughs) years. Yeah, we'll just watch Tom time slip for 20 minutes. Uh, OB's warehouse, when he was the author in the branch timeline, the bones of that room are are very familiar to the bones of his his room in the TVA. And I'm wondering if that's intentional, if we are to interpret that as like, oh, maybe that is kind of the origin of how this all came to be. That's that's the brilliance of Kazar right there. Mm -hmm. Who's obviously also a brilliant director who did uh, episode... Three. Tell me I got that right. You got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers get start to drift. Yeah. Uh, but um, but no, that's 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 his brilliance. That well, was such a cool set. You know what's funny is there's a joke that's like blink and you miss it. Yeah. Uh, in there that I just love, which is he's like, I'm a sci-fi author, and look, look, he's like, I'm doomed. And he's like, but this is really embarrassing. I also have a PhD, and I have to work at Caltech or something like that. <laughs> it's like exactly what you need. He's so embarrassed by having a PhD <laughs> instead of being a sci-fi uh- writer. Speaking of writers, I mean, I, I, this might be a question for Eric, but I would love to hear from you guys on this one because the in the in the final moments there, there's a line that mirrors the dialogue from Thor one, where Loki says to Mobius and Sylvie this time, for you, for all of us, and he says that to Odin in Thor one, and that clearly is a mirroring, you know, how far Loki has come since he was on that villainous path at the end of Thor one. For you guys, what did you guys want us to take away in in a moment like that that shows who this character has become now in the season two finale of Loki? that he's he's this person or he's not a person he was he was a uh for many movies and many episodes of a tv show he was slowly becoming not not just the antagonist of the show but getting this humanity then that final moment you see he's fully gained his humanity but that now he must sacrifice it for a greater for for a greater good actually Um, that line was something we were working with on the day Mm -hmm. uh uh, and it didn't originally have the callback to Thor and Tom, as we were, we were doing a lot of takes yeah. of it because we knew it was his last line in the show. And, and Tom said, what yeah. if we, what if we did a callback to the very beginning? And, uh, wow. and we, did, we did, we did, I think one take of it. And that was, we were like, that's it. Amazing. I'm interviewing him on Monday. I'm so glad you told me that. Cause I'm going to bring that up. Thank you. Uh, um, t- Tom, thing- in addition, in addition to being one of the nicest people on the planet, Tom is the greatest Loki historian on the planet. Yeah. That's <laughs> obvious. That's good to know. It's always better when the actors really, really care. That makes everything better. Uh, amazing that's, resource. That's cool. Uh, one thing we've noticed uh, in following Marvel Studios through the years is that when, once they develop a good relationship with filmmakers, they love to keep them in-house and put them on the next project. You guys are the latest example. Coming from Moon Knight, uh, now to Loki, going on to Daredevil. Uh I'm just going to put this out there. There's a movie culminating all of this. Avengers Secret Wars. I mean, having What's done multiverse stuff now, it's a little movie. It's it's, it's supposed to be, it rhymes with Schmeekrit Schmors. So uh, I want to see, is that something you guys are interested in? Is that like, are you guys interested in going on to movies once you're done with Daredevil? You know, what's funny is we come from independent feature films, you know, so, so we come from movies. Um, you know, I mean, there's, absolutely no telling what our future holds uh yeah i mean yeah yeah i mean it's it's hard to say 
right, right now, um, the uh, uh, we sort of have a day to day. We run this company that where we mostly are like we're. I guess we would describe ourselves as filmmakers, but more specifically, we're like writer, director, actor, editors. And it's kind of a different life than this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but that said, there's always this life and that life going simultaneously. We never know what the future holds. We just try to like keep up. Yeah. And they, they <laughs> I mean, both that's... eat each other really well too. You know, we we yeah we like we like to make sure they both stay alive. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and it's funny because the, the comparison I'm making here is obviously to the Russo brothers who started on Cap and went on to Infinity War and Endgame. My favorite thing that they do is have ensemble casts and make every character matter. And that's exactly what you did in Loki. So I feel like you guys, you know, I'd love to see it, but I, I'm getting ahead of myself, obviously, because your next project is already booked. It's Daredevil. And that's a project that has had success on television already, much like Loki did. Uh, so I'd love to hear from for you guys. Obviously, people really loved the style of Daredevil before, the TVMA nature of it. So I assume there's things you want to keep, things you got to do freshly. Can you talk about your approach with those things in mind? You know, it's so funny. And it, I, I know you're going to it's going to sound like we're just dodging you or something. It is such early days. This is the first time we 20 minutes ago, we just walked into our office. So and and, and figured out the Wi-Fi code. <laughs> so, so like like besides the, the general feeling of, of extreme excitement about it, uh, we're still figuring it out. Can I ask what it was about the project that kind of made you feel excited to join? We're, we, we, we're, we're huge fans of, um, of especially the, uh, the Frank Miller run, the, the Born Again run. We're, we're huge fans of the T-shirt. We're huge fans of so many things to do with that character. Um, Ooh, and all the actors I, on the and, show. And, all the, and just yeah. so many actors we respect on that show. Um, I think growing up, like, like if I said growing up that I was just a huge comic book guy, I would be a poser. However... I was somewhat of a comic book guy and daredevil was one of those characters that i was really into as a child so there's always that that aspect of it that thing you can't you can't deny it's like yeah you brought into your dna when you're very little i love man well listen guys you guys killed it with loki season two i want to end it with this you gave us our last shot loki is on his new throne he's the god of time in your opinion how would you summarize what has happened there because you committed so wholeheartedly to this just bonkers sequence where it just came out so well he's pulling all the timelines together he sits on the throne he's got his horns you know what what is how would you how did you describe what was happening there how would you want the audience to take what do you want us to take away from that where this sends loki after this show can i, can I have a go at yeah, it yeah, go. the um i the, one of the early days discussions about how we were going to be treating this the the entire final episode especially the last half of the final episode um was we were actually looking at the wikipedia for for loki uh not not the comic book character but the actual god and that he was the god of stories and when we looked up at uh, the whiteboard uh, the same one that we were talking about earlier that tom and and uh and Kevin, the, the producer, brought us in to see. It had written God of Stories. It was just a little note somewhere. And we really, really latched on to that. And so we feel like somebody who is the God of mischief, is, you know, the God of chaos and trickery and all of that, has transformed into... Now, I, I wouldn't even say the God of time. I would say he's the God of everyone's story. And, and, and he's, a, he's, some, he's a librarian that protects it and, and allows it to flourish. That's awesome, guys. I mean, it was it was fantastic. I loved it. I've, I've watched it a couple times already. Thank you so much for the time. Congratulations. And I know you got more of these to do and then you got to get to work on Daredevil. So good luck with all of that. <laughs> Thanks, Thank man. you. Have fun, guys. Enjoy the ride.